just gets better and better and better yeah are you one of those people that's going to be going oh uh, it's too cold oh oh, 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 it's too hot yes i i think uh, being an honorary new hampshireite means you have to kind of do that it's so cold i just can't wait till it gets a little warmer and you have one day that's kind of maybe ideal and then you get tired of it you're like it's so hot i just gotta yeah, yeah no we're, we're a fickle bunch, I think. Yes, we are. <laughs> Have you started uh, shifting air conditioners yet? Not yet, but it is funny. It doesn't take me long. And it's always a big battle in our household because, of course, my husband's thinking of the, you know, the extra money that's involved in running the air conditioners because, yeah, I, 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 am, I, I, I need to run around and turn them on at every... Yep. every opportunity yep. so but it's funny growing up we didn't have air conditioners we had i remember Fans. like if it was super hot my mom would let annie and i sleep in the living room because it's down on the main floor so it wouldn't be as hot as our bedrooms yeah. and we could put the fan on and we just had a sheet on the couch and it was so fun and we got through somehow but now we're such babies did like the, i need my air on buy and fan the sheets no oh. no oh. yeah oh, you, oh, wow. I, I, I was it was yeah neglected yeah yeah wow <laughs> but it is funny the things that we have now become used to. Now we had we and had demand. The, uh, the circular oscillating fans. Oh sure. And those were like. <gasps> yeah. Oh, we just had you were high fluting then because we just had a big box fan. Yeah. That you'd kind of set up and like oh I'm in the perfect spot I'm not moving. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes. No, I hear you. I hear you. But, uh, Some of those hot days when you're like oh, let's just go on a car ride because we can really crank the air up in the car. Two sixty five air conditioning. What's that mean? Roll down both windows and do oh. 65. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's what we call it. I see. Yeah, we got okay. 265 AC. There yeah. There you go. Well, that sounds it. very yeah. impressive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got I to get a better class of losers, friends. Um, I, I, because I saw a story. I'm missing out on opportunities. Uh, L.A. thieves in a Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. Prey on a drunk couple robbed them of $19,000 worth of luxury watches. How are the... So the... Oh, wait. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the drunk couple... When you first said it, I pictured kind of like uh, transient folks maybe out on the street, but that's not necessarily it. They're just drunk. I, I don't know. And they're... Robbery happened uh, on Sunset Boulevard mm-hmm. at 12.52 in the morning. Okay. West Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, the couple was in their own vehicle when between four to eight suspects approached them in a black Rolls Royce. Mm. Uh, the group of thieves demanded the couple hand over their watches. Mm-hmm. One of them was a Michael Kors watch valued at a thousand. The other was a Rolex worth eighteen thousand. Mm. Uh, the victims appeared intoxicated and were not cooperative with deputies. Wow. Okay. 
surprising. You need to be cooperative with the deputies, not cooperative with yeah, the people. With the people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so they yeah, get that a little backwards. So we got guys driving around in Rolls Royce on Sunset Boulevard, uh, rolling people for thieves. watches. Yeah, the yeah. thieves are driving around in a Rolls, in a Rolls Royce. That's why I said well, that's how they got it. Better yeah. class of loser. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Unbelievable. Better class of delinquents. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. People would be so disappointed if they tried to rob me of my watch, and <laughs> it's not gonna, it's not gonna fetch the Mickey, amount. Mickey's that tail's broken, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's part of the charm. Yeah, it is. Mm. Yeah, I want to move to Los Angeles. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's it more and more appealing, doesn't it? No, not at all. Okay. I just see that stuff and just. Going, yeah, Are you kidding no, me? No. Are you kidding me with that? Wow. But, you know, I mean, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Oh, sure. Um, uh, there was a big hoo-ha in Rhode Island. A hoo-ha, you say? A, a hoo-ha. Okay. Yeah. Um, some school board uh, are removing honors classes. What? Yeah. Uh, Why? Because. Um, they because said, it upsets the kids that aren't in honors? Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't tell me that. Um, they want to uh, de-level stuff uh-huh. so it's accessible to everybody. Okay, so there's no point really in trying really hard to do your best at anything. Yeah. Okay, good. That's a good plan. You get it? Love it. Love it. Why would you try to, um, why would you try to better yourself or really stretch or really achieve anything? Yep, I know. Mm. Some guy who, a parent who identified himself as a dentist Mm -hmm. with immigrant parents from Mexico said, you guys are doing this for someone like me. My parents didn't speak English. Nobody asked me. Like, I'm the person you're supposed to be trying to help. So you guys have your own idea of what diversity, equity, and inclusion means. It doesn't take into account an actual person that's been through some of the worst public schools in Chicago, <laughs> lives in neighborhoods where people are shooting each other, drug dealers and gang members. Um, he said, okay, if you guys really believe in equity, mm-hmm. then pick an average or below average dentist and see what you get. <laughs> but you guys get the ratings. You pick the best that's available. And you know what? In some fields, that's what you need. You need the best. And I'm here to speak about that. It's embarrassing that you guys have done this. There you go. And he's right. All right. Yep. He's right. Yeah. And apparently the uh, school, uh, school administrators hired a consultant to justify it. Oh, good. <laughs> I like how that was phrased. Yep. Not a consultant to say, you know, to weigh in and give yep. us advice and see, is this a, a reasonable way to go? Yep. That it really is what it is. We just want this justified. So if you could just come alongside. Some uh, some father, another parent was there saying, okay, administrators hired a consultant to justify this. Mm-hmm. And no one thought about the impact this would have on the kids applying for financial aid for college admission. <sighs> Not one top school in our state or Massachusetts has gotten rid of honors. Not one. Right. And our consultant that you hired is all proud of the fact we're going to be the first one. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. He said, "I'm not sure that's something you want to be proud of." No, nope. Very well put. But no, we we got to yeah. do away with the honors because the kids who aren't honor students are going to feel like they're in a shame them. spiral. You yeah. know? Wow! 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 It doesn't work, kids. No, it doesn't work. No, no, but no, you know, no. you and I sit there and point fingers, going, uh, "No, yeah, you don't understand." Right, right, right. You're un, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're not woke, Peter. Uh, oh, man, I no. <laughs> I am far from being woke. I'm all set with that. Tell you what, it's 8-12. The uh, sun is out. If you can uh, play hooky today, you want to do a little fishing, be a good day to do it. Or turkey <laughs> hunting, you could do that too. Um, 
we're going to uh, uh, see if we can catch up with uh, Mark Beauchene over at Fishing Game, and he'll give us the lowdown on what to do outdoors. So we'll take a break. Back with more right after this. Magic Mark, Mark Beauchene, New Hampshire Fish and Game Department. How are you, Mark? Good morning, Peter. Hey, that's that's very accurate, except my eyes are brown, not blue. So. Ah, okay. <laughs> we'll get her to rewrite that for me, all right? There you go. There you go. So, so are you in the office? Uh, oddly enough, yes. Why? Yeah, I'm actually, I, I don't know. I mean, it's perfect out there right now, but. Some of us have to do it, and I don't mind taking it on today. But tomorrow's a different day. Oh, there you go. So, there you yeah. go. Hey, I, I was looking at um, uh, the um, the uh, press releases you guys put out uh, on the uh, state website, um, and uh, rescued hiker up on uh, South Moat Mountain in Albany uh, yep. had to uh, take a, take her out on a litter about two miles, but she uh, had hike safe. And I went, okay, Got it, had a hike safe card. And I've noticed a couple rescues recently, uh, the people all had hike safe cards. So is the word getting yeah, out? It's definitely getting out. And, um, you know, I think within that press release, we're also looking at some very important things that she was well prepared for the conditions. Yeah. Accidents do happen. Um, but if you're prepared for the conditions and you follow the, the Ten Commandments to, to hiking, you're going to be in better shape than someone who doesn't just kind of shows up in flip-flops and, and uh, hopes for the best. But, yeah, definitely the hike safeguard is gaining in popularity, um, and I, I love it. I think it's great. Um, you know, people are understanding the value of, of that contribution to help ensure that the, the best search and rescue people that are out there, the volunteers and our staff, are well-trained and, and well-equipped, and well, this helps pay for that. You had uh, uh uh, Fish and Game COs responded along with members of the Lakes Region Search and Rescue Team and medical students from Solo. Right, and they're right there, right, right in North Conway. So what a what a better uh, field training opportunity for those folks that are doing those uh, wilderness first aid treat yep. or wilderness um, EMTs even at, at Solo. No, but I was just struck. Uh, the, the recently, I've, I've noticed more and more uh, people that have been taken off the mountains uh, had hike safe cards, and I went, "Wow." Okay, it's finally getting some decent traction. Yeah, yeah, and and we've had you know, a, you know, knock on wood, a you know fairly quiet start to the hiking season this year. I mean, it, it's been you know fairly safe, and and folks have been paying attention. And there's been you know a couple here and there. We had a um, an individual last last week that had to take a helicopter ride off of a mountain, but off Smarts Mountain. But for the most part, it's been fairly safe this spring, and we hope it'll trend that way throughout the summer as people enjoy the great outdoors. Yeah, there you go. And no shortage of things to do right now. Um, oh, my. <laughs> um, I mean, gosh, you've got turkey hunting going on through uh, all this month. You've got uh, you've got the Winnie Derby kicking off this weekend, uh, fishing, fishing, fishing. I mean, pick a, pick a place. Yeah, I spoke with uh, Ray Meyer um, with the scouts, and, and they're, they're actually you know, running the, that Winnie Derby this year, and he said that they're 
way above um, previous year's registration. So they're, they're looking to set a record. He's excited because, you know, the proceeds help the scouts, et cetera. So, and it looks to be like a killer weekend on the big lake. I mean, the weather looks perfect. So well, yeah, uh, there's so much to do, just matter, just a, a matter of finding the time to do it all. And you know? you've got, you've got uh, Downing's Landing reopened, right? We opened. Yep, we did that last. Um, oh, we could go today with the governor. Yeah, much different weather scenario, but um, it was it was awesome. It was fun to um, do get out the giant scissors and the ribbon and and do all those fun things. So wow, well, that's good. I, I've never done it. I've never seen one, so it was uh, pretty cool. And I don't I don't know if we'll see another one in my career here, but I'm going to be remain hopeful. And it's cool you got Chris to show up, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah, he was he was he was thrilled. He had a blast. Oh, that's good. He hung out long after the the thing was over, just you know, talking with family and and the folks that were just hanging out too. Excellent. So, um, uh, what are you hearing about turkey turkey season? Is it going okay? Boy, I, all all of my <laughs> all my Facebook feed is feed is just people shooting turkeys. So I'm going to say with that, um, it's it's a very good turkey season. I'm still seeing them too myself, you know, out and about. So. Um, I think folks are having a good time. I think the weather's been great for them. And, you know, it's just, it's going to get a little bit more difficult as we get more leaves, but, you know, people will figure it out. They do every year. Oh, yeah. And you still got time to, uh, clock's ticking, but still got time to get in on the moose lottery. Yeah, yeah. You got, we got till um, the end of June for that. And, uh, you know, we'll, people could do it online, obviously. I'm sorry. And, uh, no, whoa, 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 whoa. You got until, no, we don't have till the end of June. End of May, excuse me. <laughs> I'm way ahead of myself. Yeah, here. yeah. Don't, 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 don't be scaring me, bud. Oh well, what do you what, do? You want till the end of June, Peter? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I already put in, so I'm good. Oh, you're good. No, you've got till the end of this month, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank so, twenty seventh of you. May. Um, they even say midnight, uh, which is you know. Very, very official. You know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah. But you go to our website, hondenh.com. Um, then you can find the Moose, app, Moose Lottery application right there. So Cool. All right. So, yeah, right now everything's still going your way. I mean, as far as outdoor stuff. It is. It is definitely going my way, your way. Anybody that can be outside and play. You know, we're, we're uh, excited about um, Barry Camp's coming back. So we're going to get kids back up to camp uh, coming in the end of June. So we're I'll be up there uh, raking leaves and doing yard work and making it look nice for the kids when they get there. We recently had a um, a donation from the Hampshire Operation Game Thief. They donated a brand-new high-tech UV water filtration system for camp. Wow. So, yeah, it's awesome. And, you know, this, this helps ensure that we'll have, uh, you know, safe drinking water for all those who visit camp. Are the the uh, all the slots filled? There are a few openings still with one week, but um, I don't think that'll that'll last. Um, Friday is the last day for um, folks to secure their spots gotcha. um, via payment. So, gotcha. All right. Wow. So uh, we know uh, license sales uh, past couple of years were good because of COVID. Uh, people were home and, you know, uh, did some more fishing, did a little more hunting. Is that still carrying through? So I would I would characterize it as still very good. It's not the the anomaly that we saw in 2020. We lost a percentage 
um, of those folks that were just nothing else they could do but go fishing and hunting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, as things started to open back up, some of those folks returned to their traditional other activities, which may have been golf or, I don't know, walking around in the mall. I don't know what these people do because I don't do it. I hunt and fish. So. Yeah. But um, we're still well above um, where we were in 2019. Good. Which is which is good for all. I mean, that's good for the agency. It's good for those um that are that are out there participating because there's more people enjoying and more people learning, more people sharing, to ensure that we're going to pass this down uh, for generations to come. And with more people doing stuff, uh, then the state could get more uh, excise tax revenue through Dingle Johnson and Pittman Robertson money. Yeah, so that's based upon you know uh, uh, license sales, and we're <laughs> it would take a a lot more than what 2020 did for us to be on a minimum. Yeah. Um, but those those dollars are are increasing um, with with the PR money. So it's just a matter of getting the match. You know, we can we can use the dollars, but we need to match it also. So it's a one to four match, one to three match. Okay. So they give us uh, seventy five cents for every twenty five cents we bring to the game for projects that are related to hunting, fishing, access, et cetera. Man, how come I can't find somebody a- to do that for me? I know, I know. It's a um, yeah. Well, that's that's the greatest thing. I mean, I would sign right up for it. So. Yeah, no, no kidding. But wow. we could we could do an entire day on you know federal aid. It's just, it is it's it's there, but it's very complicated. And 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 I I after twenty plus years, I still struggle with it. Hmm. Wow. So I have to go to Randy to <laughs> straighten me out. Our our resident expert on federal aid. So. Wow. Hey, um, have you uh, seen any moose up at your camp? Um, I have not been up to Vermont yet. Oh, okay. Um, I'll be headed up Memorial Day weekend, um, but I saw some pictures of people sending photos of moose up at Pittsburgh, so we know they're, okay. they're, they're doing their thing. And I saw some tracks the other day when I was hiking around Concord. Really? So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, good. I don't know. I don't know how far off I was uh, on that critter, but you know, I, I I'm with the dog, and the dog's got a bell, and that's just to kind of keep people in the critters, you know, aware that there's a um, a fast black and white dog coming at them. Gotcha. But in control because she's wearing a, a GPS collar with a program on it. So, all right, all right, and very quickly we got to run. But how did uh, Discover Wild New Hampshire Day go? Well, it's funny you say that because today is our. Uh, official wrap-up day we get all our staff together that work with planning on it um, and go over what happened um, how we did so we came in just under 8,000 attendees Mm. Um, we get a grant from the wildlife heritage foundation of new hampshire they granted us ten thousand dollars to do this event Um, we came in under budget nice which is which is always a good thing when you you know folks are out there support you does and, you know, we couldn't do this without the Wildlife Heritage Foundation. They, they provide the dollars to make it happen. And and obviously, people love it. You know, with 8,000 people here, it was great. So, save the date, Peter. April 15th, 2023. There you go. My, my oldest son's birthday. There you go. Oh, nice. That's good. Nice. All right. Well, Mark, always a pleasure. And, and Same uh, here, my man. Wrap up your uh, meeting and go go play tomorrow. I'll be outside. Don't you worry. Good boy. All right. We'll talk. (laughs) Thank you. See you, man. All right. Take care.
Bye. Mark Beauchene, New Hampshire Fishing Game Department. So, yeah, fishing, hunting, I mean, moose lottery, blah, blah, blah. Get out there. And April 15th next year, Discover Wild New Hampshire Day. Taking a break. Back on the other side with more. Watch out, boy. She'll break your heart like it was a toy. You better save it for a rainy day. You better save it for a rainy day. Now that's talking about putting money aside for down the road when you need it. And somebody who knows much more about that than I do, or Jeannie. Um, <laughs> Sean Toll from Davis Wealth Management in the house. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Not bad. Not bad. I was looking at a story this morning that said, for tens of millions of Americans, the good times are right now. <laughs> and I thought, well, that sounds a little incongruous. But it said, for the 158 million who are employed, prospects have not been this bright since men landed on the moon. As many as half the workers have retirement accounts that were flattened by the prolonged bull market in stocks. 83 million owner-occupied homes in the U.S. At the rate they've been increasing in value, a lot of them are, in fact, giant piggy banks that families live inside. So they said, realistically, it ain't bad. Well, yeah, slowing economy, renewed inflation, high gas prices, rising interest rates, it could undermine all that. Uh, indeed, it could. Yeah. Indeed, it could. And yeah. think about the value of your home too. It's your, your the equity you have is locked up in the in the timber and the in the sheetrock, right? You can't get that money. It's worth a lot, but the only way to realize that is to sell it, yeah. right? And then you've got to sell it and you've got to find some other place to live, or you borrow against it. Which there's pros and cons to that. I'm not necessarily a big fan of borrowing against the value of your home in retirement. I think that should be a option of last resort. What are you saying? Uh, are you talking about? Uh, the um, uh, not, a, not a HELOC. Uh, no, the um, William Shatner advertises it. The, uh, reverse mortgage. Uh, reverse mortgage. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Gosh, it's early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard a lot of negative stuff about the. Yeah, uh, I'm not a big mortgage. fan. I mean, you just you're giving away your home to to a bank. You know, if 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 you have to do it, you know, you have to do what you have to do. Uh, it works, but if you planned ahead, um, hopefully you've got enough money set aside where you can avoid that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems like a if William Shatner's flogging it, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> that's his area of expertise. Oh yes, 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 yes. yeah. Beam me up, that's Scotty, and uh, let's reverse mortgage the home. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, there you go. So one thing I wanted to mention for everybody that's listening today, um, we're going to talk a lot about phases of retirement and the risks that you face and and the opportunities as well. I'm hosting a dinner workshop at the New London Inn next Thursday, May 19th. It's going to be at 6 p.m. So if you're out there and you are close to retirement or you're thinking about putting a plan together and you have some concerns, come to the New London Inn and join me. I'll be giving, talking about a lot of topics that are of concern to you if you're facing retirement or you're in retirement. Just give us a call at the office and we can sign you up. And that number is 603-715-2335. So give us a call if you're interested and we can uh, you can join us. Wow. Um, there's room? There is There is a little bit of room. It's filling up fast. Wow. Uh, we did it a few weeks ago and I had 45 people. Uh, in attendance, so whoa, uh, yeah, and this one, um, you know, we're, we're we're filling up. So if you have any interest, call our office seven one five two three three five. Speak to Deborah Lois, and we'll get you on the list. Excellent. 
You and I could go. There we you we go. could do crowd control. <laughs> <laughs> Me crowd control. They see us at the doors. They're like, oh, never mind. Well, we can have a guest celebrity appearance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, that's great. And uh, New London is a sweet spot. Oh, it's a wonderful yeah. location. The food's great. It's uh, the history of that inn is is really amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't been in there, it's it's very cool. All the uh, uh, hand hewn timbers are, are visible, and it's got the creaky floors. And, was. Oh, yep. good choice. Yep. Nice. Yep. Well, good choice. That was, that was that the first? No, that was no. Never mind. Eight thirty-seven. All right. So, what are we talking about today, Sean? I thought we'd just discuss a little bit of some basics here, talking about the phases of retirement. Right. Ah. Your, your your retirement planning starts. Quite honestly, when you're a little kid, you know, when you, when you sell your first lemonade or, or shovel your first driveway, you start making money. Um, yeah, if you've got some discipline, maybe you put a little bit aside. Hopefully, mom and dad are saying, put some money into savings. And that's what retirement's about, is saving for retirement. Take, you know, make your money and put some aside and let it grow over time. So we consider that the accumulation phase. Okay. You're working, you're making money, you're accumulating that retirement savings. Right? And then we get into retirement, it shifts a little bit. Now it's called the preservation phase. You can no longer contribute to that money, your savings. You're not making money anymore. So what you want to do is make sure you can preserve that money And because what's the biggest risk we have? It's running out of money, Yeah. right? That's outlive- the biggest single risk retirees face today. Outliving is my run- money. Outliving your money. Yeah. Because as I tell people, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is we're living a lot longer today. It's great. Medicine has us living, you know, into our 90s, 100s. However, comma. (laughs) (laughs) However, the bad news is that, you know, by and large, your retirement planning process, if you're not paying attention to it, isn't designed to keep you in retirement for 40 years, right? You know, you're typically looking at, historically, 20 years or less in retirement. Now we're spending 20, 30, 40 years. So you really got to make sure that the money you have, you don't run out of. So there's a lot of things you can do uh, to try to hedge against that risk. Wow. So is that the, is that the, what what are the slow go years? So we got the go, go. Oh, right, right, right. No go. It went slow go. Well, so let's let's do it in order, okay. right? So the day you retire, yeah. you're healthy, yeah. you're active, yeah. you're playing golf, yeah. you're going on the boat, you're doing whatever. Those are your go-go years. Oh. Right? You simply stopped working, but you're still very active. It's oh, go, okay. go, go. Oh, okay. Right? Every day's a Saturday when you enter retirement. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, right? And then we shift. We go to kind of slow-go years. We're not going on the uh, the hikes anymore. Maybe we're playing golf less, or maybe we've you know sold the clubs. You just start to slow down. You spend more time at home, and you know you, just, you know this is the joint ache. Yeah. You know, and and, and so you, you you just slow it down. Okay. And then the no go years are the years where all right, I really can't get out of this chair and go too far, and now I'm really uh, maybe sedentary. But um, I'm not spending money. Well, you're spending money in different places. Oh. You're not spending it at the golf course anymore or the trips. You're now you're spending it on healthcare uh, and other things like that. So okay. that's that's in kind of your preservation stage. Gotcha. Okay. The the uh, go go slow go and no go. The this third stage of retirement doesn't impact us as much because it happens after we pass away. It's your distribution phase, right? So hopefully you haven't run out of money. And, and, you know, when you pass away, you have some money in the bank still, and you have your assets. You've got your car, your home, jewelry, maybe gold in the safe. Yep. I know you have some guns. Yep. Uh, and they're going to go to your, your, your beneficiaries. That could be a, a wife, ex-wife, children, grandchildren. Whichever of my kids gets there first. <laughs> Whoever gets there first. Yeah. That's why you need a will and a trust, but yeah, that's a different issue. Um, so that's important to plan for as well. Do I need a will well. and a trust or just... 
A trust? Yeah, you need both. Do you need both? You do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, the trust is what you set up while you're living, right? You take you take your assets and you put them in the uh, Peter St. James Living Trust, mm-hmm. all right? And all your assets are in there. And then when you pass, that trust dictates exactly how they're handled. And the beauty of the trust is you can avoid probate with that. And probate is a very long, lengthy process. Yeah. And it's something that you don't want your your kids to have to go through, no, right? They're, they're grieving your loss. Now they have to deal with the courts and and, they have to run and they're fighting the over the assets. And, oh, it's public. That's yeah, it's the other public, thing. and you have to have copies of that and yeah. receipts. And yeah, it's yeah. a game. It's yeah. uh, as my friend said years ago. It's it's open kimono, right? If you have any sense of privacy when you pass, if you don't have your if and your assets go through uh, probate, uh, everybody knows everything. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. All right. So, note to self, will and trust. Yes. Do that. Yes, very important. Wow. So, we're living 80s, 90s? We are. We are. If you're 65 today, you're definitely, I shouldn't say definitely, the likelihood is you're going to hit your 80s, right? And if you're in your 70s, you're probably going to see your 90s. Uh, And if you're married, the odds of living longer even increase. I don't know why, uh, but if you have a spouse, uh, technically uh, the odds are you're going to live a little bit longer than if you're single. So what are the chances that people are flush with money and they're not going to run out of money? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I hear what you say. Uh, you know, hey, your first lemonade stand, your first lawnmower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't do that. Uh, and, no, you know, you had hard. college in the way. You yeah. had... Uh, finances and blah 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 blah. There was always bumps, and the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm-hmm. I had great intentions, um, but it's like okay. The, now there is some money. Yep, there is some less than what I should have, but okay. Can I make it work? I think so. I think you can in in many cases, right? Because there's things there's things you can control, and there's things you can't control. The things you can control are your spending. Right, you, you're going to have to pay your taxes. That's out of control. Yeah. Right, you're going to have to pay your utilities, your heat and um, propane and whatnot. But you can turn the lights off. You can lower the thermostat. Um, but those are kind of fixed costs that you don't have much control over. Uh, you can reduce your expenses by taking less trips, going out to dinner less frequently. Mm-hmm. If you still buy a newspaper, don't do that. Don't go to Starbucks. Right, those are discretionary expenses that we can control and we can cut those down. And if you do that. Not even significantly. If you can cut that by 25%, 30%, that can have a profound impact on the longevity of your money. Hmm. Right? So it's when you, know, when you get to retirement, and you, or hopefully before that, you look at what you have, um, look at your expenses, be very smart with how you invest your money as well. Right. If you put all your money into the the ARC funds, which have been all over the news recently, those are those high tech funds. Uh, they've lost 50, 60 percent of their value. Yeah. Right. So what you don't want is to have, first of all, all your eggs in one basket. Uh, and secondly, you, you want to be diversified. You don't want to have everything in one type of investment. You want to have some big stocks, some small stocks, some U.S. stocks, non-U.S. stocks, some bonds, some real estate. Have that diversification in your portfolio and it should smooth out that. Uh, that experience for you when we have market declines like we have today. Now, uh, typically, uh, typically you're, you're doing a, a, a week from when? It's a week from Thursday, so May nineteenth. Okay. Um, the people that show up for this, what do they? What are they looking to get from you for information? I mean, what do they want? Are they prepared? Are they looking to set up a plan? Are they looking for? A second opinion? Why do they go to an event like that? I think most people come because they're concerned that they haven't done the right thing. 
Most people that come, the vast majority that come to my workshops, don't work with an advisor. They've been doing it themselves. Ah, okay. And I say to them, I said, well, what do you have? Do you have your retirement plan? Do you have a financial plan? They go, yeah, here's my 401k statement. I said, that's not a plan. Yeah. That's a piece of the puzzle. That's a that's a pot of money you have. Um, what are you doing about insurance? What are you doing about ensuring that you uh, have lifetime income? Um, how are you addressing the risks in your portfolio? Um, are you rebalancing it? Uh, so there's so you, many you get pieces the of it. Look. <laughs> yeah. They do. Listen, it, it, I am so happy when some people come to me and I look through everything and say, boy, you guys have done a great job. Perhaps Potentially it was by accident. Uh, but, you know, they did the right things and they've got a good amount of money and they've got their long-term care insurance and they have their trust in place and, um, you know, they've, they've done the right things and it works for them. Others are kind of deer in the headlight saying, oh, my God, I'm 62. I want to retire in three years. Yeah. Can I afford to? That's what I was wondering, yeah. Can I afford to do it? So that's when we sit down, and it takes hours, Peter. Mm -hmm. I sit down with clients, and we go over everything. The most important thing, which I mentioned just previously, was those expenses. Where are you spending your money, right? How much is your mortgage? When does that paid off, by the way? Because that expense will free up money when it's yep. over. Yep. Um, you know, um, you know, where are you, what are your expenses? What are your investments? What are your goals? You know, and you bring all this together and hopefully you can create a, a solid plan for them. Sometimes there's just not enough money and you've got to be, um, well, not inventive, but you've got, yeah. you've got to, you've got to do some things that might be, uh, you know, out of the ordinary that may not have thought of. Well, and you um, might not be able to retire at 65. You might have to stay on the workforce yeah, a couple might, of years later. You might have to stay a couple yeah, years later. Yeah. Just staying a few more years um, can have a big impact yeah. as well um, because you're not drawing on your Social Security and you're making more money. So there's lots of things we can do. All right. And what we're going to do right now is take a break. We'll be back with Sean right after this. Money, Sean Toll, Davis Wealth Management, DavisWealthMGMT.com, in the house with us. You know, you were talking about accumulation phase. Um, if we're all living so long, right? why is life insurance so important in the accumulation phase? What's the big crank? Well, there's, uh, you can use life insurance for several different things. Oh. Uh, the primary objective for somebody who's accumulating money and is raising a family and mm -hmm. maybe both spouses are working is to protect that family if one or both spouses die, right? If, if you lose half your income because, you know, the, the husband, you know, gets in a car accident or something, now the wife... Why do you always kill us off? Uh, well, it's... Because we're expendable. <laughs> See, she was quiet. She went, yeah, okay. I'm with you. Yeah. Right, but so let's say you have, you lose half your income. Not only do you lose half the income, if the children are young, now you need to find potentially daycare for them or whatnot. So your expenses increase. Yeah. Um, and so that'll help cover that to, to you know, make sure that they, they're, they're raised appropriately and with enough money and you know, hopefully you fund college or, or whatnot. So the traditional use of life insurance money. Correct. Okay. Right. But there's another... Well, there's, there's, I'll, talk, okay. I'll touch on two more. Okay. Um, it's, it's used similarly, but this is this is a couple who who, who retire, and um, they've got two uh, social securities coming in. Mm -hmm. uh, if somebody passes, you lose one of the social securities. Right. Right. You, now the the resulting one may increase if the person who passed away had a higher social security, but you lose some income. So if you have life insurance there, it'll help supplement that lost income. Um, for that for that remaining individual. And then the other way to do it, where you're using uh, not a term policy, which is what 
I basically just described. Right. Uh, you use one that builds cash value over time. If you start when you're young enough, you can accumulate a, quite a significant amount of money. Is that whole life? That, that would be a whole lifetime okay. policy, right. And, and so then in retirement, you can now borrow against that cash value that you've accumulated. And the beauty is you're basically creating income for yourself by borrowing against the policy, but you're not paying income tax on it, right? Because you're borrowing it. So it's a little bit like a Roth IRA oh. in how that works. Uh, so that's another way to use Do it. Do I have to pay it back? You don't. Uh, okay. Everything you borrow reduces the death benefit. Right. So if you pass away, that's going to be reduced. Uh, but at that point in time, hopefully you're not using it for that. You're using it for the income, not the death benefit. Okay. Yeah. I know you talk about that, uh, and I just wanted to say, why is it so important? Okay, well, three reasons right, right there. Right, and this is this this is one of the topics that I discuss uh, at our dinner workshops. Uh, and as I mentioned, we're having our next workshop on Thursday, May nineteenth, at the New London Inn. Mm -hmm. And if anybody has an interest in attending, uh, I'd love to meet you. Love to share with you more about what we talk about here on the show. Give us a call at the office at six zero three. 715-2335. Speak with Deborah Lois, uh, and we'll sign you up. And um, there's you, no cost. You can join it. There's no cost. It's all complimentary. Yeah. You get a nice meal out of it. Hopefully, some education. Yeah. And I'd love to meet you. It's not like a timeshare deal where they're not going to no. let you out, out in the parking lot. No, I'm not selling a condo. No, 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 no. No, no timeshares. Doesn't work that way. <laughs> no. Uh, okay, that's good. And Deborah Lois will uh, uh, be happy to hook you up with Sean. And yeah, it's a great, uh, great venue. Good food. It, indeed it is. Good, good, indeed good. It is. And one of the things we talk about uh, is inflation. And everybody is feeling inflation today. And this is like something we haven't seen in 40 plus years. Uh, reading the paper this morning, the UN is now saying they can expect food prices to increase globally 37%. Now that's going to be won't be across the board. I think that's going to be tied to things based on sunflower uh, and wheat because mm. the Ukraine is a huge exporter of both. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of the countries that can't handle that inflation are going to get hit with it. They export a lot to uh, African nations, um, some Middle Eastern countries. Uh, Sri Lanka now is facing riots because of rising food costs. So, uh, it's the poor countries are really going to take this on the chin. We're we're going to feel it as well. Uh, but hopefully we can uh, we can handle it. You know, and hearing you allude to things like that um, just reinforces everything that you and Steve have been preaching for years. Uh, do not put all your eggs in one basket, because if you're running all your eggs in one basket, right. saying, "Hey, here's my uh, from my four hundred one k," yeah, okay, uh, look what's going to happen globally. That's right, uh, and all of a sudden. You know, you thought you've got four hundred thousand. Well, you may have two fifty today. Right. And, and you know? four hundred thousand or two hundred fifty thousand is not income. That's just a pot of money. Right. right? You're going to have to take money out of it. But if it de if it decreases in value and you're still taking the same amount or more out because of inflation, you're now depleting that pool of money even quicker. quicker. Yeah. That's right. That's why looking at when you get towards retirement, looking at sources of income predictable lifetime income is so critically important because you're going to be able to take a fixed amount out every month, quarter, or year, regardless of what the markets do. Wow. It's fixed amount for life. And sometimes you can find policies that will give you inflation-adjusted income for life. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to understand the risks that you face from longevity, from inflation, from market risks, uh, and understand how that can impact your, your income and what it can do for your savings because you don't want to run out of money. Are you starting to see people that have said, you know, I mean, we were, uh, the market was good. I made some money. 
Uh, but now I'm looking around like you. I'm looking at the paper. I'm going, uh-oh, riots, war, uh, inflation. Oh, God. Hey, uh, I'd like to have somebody look at this and tell me how I could maybe just rearrange some of my assets here. Uh, we are. I, I can't tell you how many conversations I had over the last two years before we had this market correction with people. I suggested that they move some money into a safer place. They said, you know what, Sean, my mutual funds have done great. They're, I'm not going to change anything. They're doing really well. I said, well, they're doing well now and they did well previously. What are they going to do in the future? Well, you know what, they've, they've always done well. I'm going to stick with it. Unfortunately, they didn't listen to me, and now they're facing portfolios that are down 30%. You know, we could have insulated some of their investments, some of their assets, into strategies that wouldn't lose money. Um, Did any know. of them come back to you saying, why didn't you force me, Sean, to talk? <laughs> <laughs> well, some come back with their tails between their legs a little bit, yeah. saying, you know, I wish I had listened to you, um, which is fine. You know, it's still you I can know. still make these these changes and adjustments uh, and to help, you know, ensure your assets from these declines. But you don't want to do it's like, you know, in the middle of a rainstorm going out looking for an umbrella. You're already wet. Um, you know, you got to do these things in advance and prepare. That's very good. I like that. Um, okay, very quickly, uh, again, the website is daviswealthmgmt.com. Uh, if you'd like to uh, schedule a free meeting, uh, you can go on on the website yes. and say, hey, I'd like to talk to Sean or Steve and uh, do the information there. And again, uh, the 19th at the New London Inn, uh, you're doing a, a little sit-down, little uh, educational soiree. Yeah, we're going to have a dinner workshop at, at the New London Inn, 6 o'clock, next Thursday, the 19th. You have a nice little dinner. I'll I'll share with you a lot more information that we discuss on the show, and it's very educational. There's no obligation. Phone so, number? 603-715-2335. There you go. As always, Sean, thanks a lot. Thank you. All right. News is next. Back on the other side with more.
Ozzy band did pretty well, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, Little River Band, Lonesome Loser. Uh, Red Sox, not going to lose tonight. Uh, they are going to be playing down in Atlanta, taking on the Braves. First pitch, 720. You can hear all the action on News Talk 99.7 WNTK. AM 1490, FM 98.9 WUVR. And, and I like your confidence with thank that. You. They are not going to lose. They're not going to lose. No, not going to lose. They're going to do great. And uh, we've got so many great sponsors uh, helping to bring you the game, including LaValle Building Supply in Claremont, Newport, and West Lebanon. Estate Wildlife Control in Canaan, Key Chevrolet in White River Junction, Yastramski Electrical Services and Emergency Power Systems of Kentuckook, uh, Lumber Barn in Bradford, Twin State Coin in West Lebanon, and Colonial Pharmacy in New London. Just some of our many, many sponsors. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. And also want to thank our next guest who's going to come on the air with us this morning uh, from the uh, uh, Fish and Game Department, Law Enforcement Division, the head of law enforcement, uh, Lieutenant no, why was I going to say Lieutenant Colonel? He's you're a full Colonel, full Colonel Kevin. I'm a full Colonel. There you yeah. go. Yep. Uh, colonel Kevin Jordan is with us. How are you, Kevin? Good morning, Peter. How are you? Ah, great. I, I was going to lower you to a Lieutenant Colonel. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. You can call me anything you want as long as the check doesn't change. No, I don't care. <laughs> I've just I've always called you Kevin, so you know. I, yeah, you have. I, yeah. I, I'd prefer that to be honest. I'm you. sure. That's that's uh, that's good to hear. So, how you doing? Not bad. Not bad. Things good. things pretty good, good right now. Uh, I mean, uh, turkey season's going good. Fishing's going good. Everything's it is wide open. Yep. It is, and it's good to have it back. You know, it's good to have things kind of getting back a more closer to normal. So we're, for the first time in a couple of years, we're going to have the law enforcement memorial ceremony here next week, and I'm really looking forward to that. It's been a couple of years since we've been able to do that. Yep. So it's going to be great to get everybody back. And if people have not seen that, it's at the uh, uh, LOB right behind the State House. Yes. Uh, yep, and I'll tell you, it is, uh, it's very powerful. Uh, to just yeah. p- pick a pick a spot and just sit there and watch and listen. Yeah, yeah. We've got fifty two officers on there now. After losing Jesse Sergeant Jesse Cheryl this past fall, uh, we'll have fifty two officers on there. But it, but you're right, Peter. And I know you go every year. I see you out there. Um, it is a it is a good opportunity for us in law enforcement to recognize the family and friends of the, the survivors of these fallen New Hampshire heroes. And uh, and we look forward to it every year. It's a formal thing, and it's we have a nice luncheon afterwards where everybody gets together. It's just a, it's just a good way to spend a Friday morning. So so it's on May 20th at 10, and uh, like Peter said, anyone anyone is welcome. So please come by and see it. It means, means a great deal to the families to see folks there that haven't forgotten about their loved ones and the sacrifices they made. Now, and, and you know, I've talked about this with you and, and on the air over the years that, you know, I come in and I do a show. I know I'm going to go home at the end of my show. Yeah, for the, right. for the men and women who choose law enforcement, uh, as their or, or or first responders or corrections or whatever, right. uh, you know right. they don't know if they're going to come home, and the least we can do is to show up and and say thank you. And it's and it, you're right, Peter. And it's a rough, it's a hard time to be in this kind of business, as you know. Yeah. And uh, the last couple of years haven't been good to us, and and then we're you know the the profession is partly responsible for that, but. You know, it just it gives us an opportunity to show that that uh, there are some real heroes here, and that have made some incredible sacrifices for the safety of all of us. Be it a traffic 
safety detail to a shootout. So it's, uh, it, it's certainly something to recognize and, and to thank the families. And, it, and I can tell you from talking to many survivor families, many families and friends, it means a great deal to them when they realize that no one forgets. And uh, no matter how many years go by, we remember what those guys and uh, guys and gals meant to us and what those sacrifices meant, and it's just a great way to show our appreciation for that. So, And, you know, um, I, I have, as you pointed out, I have been to many of those. And uh, Fish and Game, yeah. uh, you, you always, they look, your, your, your people look smart. Uh, they just are yeah. so sharply dressed, and they are distinctive dress they just look great and it means a great deal to them so we you know we've got 35 guys and i have to fight to keep a few of them back to cover the state because they all want to be there that morning and and uh, state police manchester pd you know a lot of the pds have really conquered have really good turnouts and uh, and it's important to have that the horse units will be there the motorcycle units will be there the pipes and drums it's quite a it's quite a ceremony it really is you know, we look forward to it every year and uh, we haven't had it since ni- uh, 2019 because of covid uh, this will be our 30th year so the 30th service so we're looking forward to being back live to see people and to have that luncheon so we can say hi to folks we haven't seen in a couple of years so who's uh, who, who's leading the podium that would be me i'm the president of it so okay. i'm still doing that Peter. Okay. yeah okay. yeah I, that's a of all the things i do in law enforcement and i mean all the things i do that is the high point of my career i'll always look back at that and be the proudest of the service that we've given there so uh, it was a real honor to get asked to do that, and I I have no intentions of letting go of it. It's very important to me to to be there and and conduct that ceremony with the help of, you know, the the group that we have. We have a small group of of law enforcement officers and civilians that that run that committee and make this all happen. And uh, and it's a huge. They do fundraising and and we put a lot of work in that one day show that you see every year but it but it's I'm, we're very proud of it it's a great piece of work how, how long, very important detail how long kevin will the 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 uh, event be on for so it usually runs about an hour it starts about quarter of 10 and we're usually done with the ser- the service at about 11 and then we have a free luncheon and everyone there is invited to the free luncheon right up the street at the concord community center uh, we've we've got a barbecue that comes, and we pay for all of that. So you get a free lunch, and it's a good opportunity to go in and say hi to everybody and get, get caught up with people that you know or or uh, and socialize a little bit. We try to keep it on a little high note. And uh, and so then that ends anywhere from 1 to 2 o'clock by the time people all leave. But the service itself is probably about an hour okay. um, from start to finish. So, yeah, but everyone's welcome. Please come out and see it. It is, it is something to see if you haven't seen it. Just go hit the parking garage uh, because parking yep. parking yep. would be at a premium. So hit, hit get there a That's little right. early and, and stake out a spot. And uh, it is very moving. And if you're not moved, you're at the wrong place. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Well, yeah. hey, I was looking at uh, uh, the uh, patrol assignments. Uh, and yes. I, I see you've got some vacancies. We do, yes. I've got 35 field officers right now. Back in 1970, we had 50. Wow. Uh, the calls for service, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. The calls for services today are twice what they were in 1970, easily. Um, I've got two trainees we just hired. We just opened up a hiring. We've got some 200 applicants that are going to take the test with us, start the, the process here at the end of June, which is good. Um, and, you know, we're the governor and others are cooperating with us. We're trying to find the money to get these positions filled. I think everybody's struggling with that. The good news is I still don't struggle 
as much as some agencies to find candidates. My problem is getting the money to fill those positions. If I get an opening and I can fill it, we usually can find candidates that want to be good game wardens, and we can get them hired. So, um, so we are going to be hiring uh, at least two this next round. So that'll be a little fuller. But yeah, you've got we've got guys covering twelve, fourteen towns. Um, you know, and they're they're putting out fires. Basically, they're not doing anything preventive type law enforcement. They're running from call to call to call. So it's wow. it's busy. Search and rescue and all of that is still very busy. And we're cooperating every day. It seems like increasing with our cooperation with other outside agencies, uh, helping them when we can with, with investigating major crimes, too, Peter, with stuff that happens in the, in the outdoors. So we have the resources and the skill sets. And so we've New Hampshire is kind of unique in that perspective where we all work together. We're all on the same team and we take advantage of the resources we each have to try and solve these major crimes and bring some closures to the families. So, so when somebody comes in and they, they want to be a, a conservation officer, do they have to have yes. previous law enforcement experience, or will you train them? No, we'll train them. So we look for, you have to have a two-year, at least a two-year degree, or full-time law enforcement experience, two years, or full-time military, or any combination of those three. So as long as you've got one of the three, uh, I'll, we'll do the rest. I don't even care anymore. I've long since given up on hiring hunters. You, you know, I've got get, working game wardens right now uh, that that never hunted before they came here, and, and they made great game wardens. So we can train them. We can train folks to do whatever we need them to do. So what I want is someone that's willing to work, someone who's committed to New Hampshire, that loves the outdoors and animals and the sport of hunting and fishing and trapping, and I'll do. We'll do the rest. <laughs> wow. Get your hair cut and come see us. We'll do the rest. There so, you go. Um, yeah, and it's a good bunch there. You know, that's why I've stayed. So I'm in my 31st year, and the reason for that is it's a pretty easy place to work. These people, are, these officers, are, are they couldn't work for a finer bunch. All i got to do is stay out of their way. And uh, it's like a small family. And we're very close, and it's a lot of fun still. So as long as it stays that way, I'm going to stay. But um, So it's a good place to work. It's a great place to work, actually. You know, Kevin, you, you were talking about how um, the calls, uh, twice what you did back in, what, 1970? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But back in the 70s, um, everybody in, in the small towns uh, knew their conservation officer. There was a relationship. They did. Now you're sitting they there did. and you're running from call to call to call to call. Do you, do you still have the advantage of having that local relationship? We do, but you have to. They have to fight more. The, the officers have to fight more to find the time to go into the PDs and visit with people, to stop at the general stores, to have the relationship with the farmers. They still do it. I was in a. I was. I give you a good example. We opened a boat launch the other day up in a patrol area up around the Lakes Region. The local officer was there. He was standing in the parking lot. I was. I was visiting with him. And I, no exaggeration, Peter, five, six different vehicles went by. They all hollered out his name. They all rolled the window down, waved to him, and hollered out his name. So so that community presence, is they still maintain that it's alive and well, but it's a lot more work today uh, because they're spread a lot thinner than they used to be in the 70s. So, uh, But they're still pretty well known, uh, especially in the northern half of the state, with the small communities that they're serving. So they're a big presence. These these guys are they don't hide they they're out every day and they're a big presence in the community and and they they're a little famous because of that television show so it kind of puts them in the limelight and it helps those build those relationships so um, all of that has been important yeah but that's that's important to you isn't it the relationships Abs absolutely you can't do this job 
you cannot do this job if you don't have those relationships. If you think you're going to go out and solve fish and wildlife crimes and do it all on your own, you're sadly mistaken. You just are not going to be successful. The the officers that have established these relationships with their with their constituents and their communities are the guys that are solving crimes, and uh, and it it helps in so many different regards. Um, you know, in search and rescue calls when you need volunteers to help you, these people will flock to your side because they want to be a part of it. And they want to help, and uh, it makes a huge difference. That whole community policing thing is more important today than ever, I think, uh, in being successful and doing this job. You just can't do it alone. You, you need the help of the community. So. Well, and you and I mean, you're a classic example. You and Wayne Saunders, uh, North Country Boys. You know, I mean, that's where oh, you, yeah. that's where you came from. Yep. Oh yeah, and that we—that's how we worked up here. You know, we 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 established those community relationships. We still have them. And, you know, our executive director Scott Mason was a farmer that was in my patrol. I've known him for twenty years because he's one of the first places I stopped when I got the patrol because he had a big open uh, parcel of land and he kept it open for hunting and fishing. And we stopped by just to thank him for that, and and we developed a or began a friendship that has lasted for over twenty years. Now I'm working for him, so. Yeah. You know, you just never know where these folks are going to end up, and uh, and and lo and behold, you're you're working for a guy that you took five minutes out of your day to meet 20 years ago. You know, so yeah, Wayne and I. In fact, Wayne is still he still haunts me to this day. But we still go out and poke around, you know, in the different places in the state when I can get away from that telephone in that office. So, yeah. um, and I'm doing that more and more now, especially in this nicer weather. So. We'll no. be out. No, oh, I, we'll be looking for you, Peter. I hear you. And, and you know, um, I remember some uh, Pete Lyons, um, Lakes, yeah. Region, Lakes Region yep. CEO. Uh, he, had a, yeah. he had a black lab named Poacher. And yep. um, now we knew, we knew we'd be out ice fishing, and we knew that somebody might be catching salmon and not releasing <laughs> them immediately and putting it under the snow. Maybe they're sure. going to take it home with them. And we'd sit there and we'd be laughing, going, "Oh, you're screwed! Here comes Pete and Poacher. Oh, yeah. It's all over." Yeah. And Pete would just yep. walk He's by, going, how, "How you doing?" And there's Poacher. He's <laughs> digging through the snow, and oh, look at this! Three salmon bagged you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All he's got to do is entertain the fishermen while the dog does all the work. We still have that today with the dogs and canines that we have today. So yeah. Yeah. They're uh, they're amazing. They do amazing work. You know. <laughs> yeah. And they're a great asset to the state. For sure. Oh yeah, I mean, if you have to, if you have to decide, are you going to cut Fluet or Moxie? Oh, Fluet's gone. You keep Moxie. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> and they all know it too, Peter. They all know the dogs take a priority for, as far as I'm concerned. So you're right. So <laughs> you're right. they haven't uh, filmed uh, new episodes of Northwoods Law. Um, they haven't. You, no, no. So they, they well, the the company that films the Engel Entertainment really wants to come back. They like New Hampshire of all the state, and I don't think, I don't think he was feeding me a line. I think he really did enjoy New Hampshire. Uh, you know that we had developed relationships with the cameraman, but this the uh, Animal Planet Discovery had uh, merged with uh, a couple of other companies, and there's all kinds of changing going changes happening to that company. So they kind of put things on hold. With us, they wanted to do a couple of different. This whole theme of of uh, filming, you know, everyday action of law enforcement was has been very successful for them. So they're spreading out their wealth a little bit. They're doing Lone Star Law, which is Texas. They're doing some stuff in yeah. Louisiana, and so Angle keeps telling me they're going to come back. And you know, we've had twelve seasons, and it's a lot of work. 
uh, for us to do that. I kept, you know, as you know, I managed all, we managed all the edit, right? So we were watching these episodes over and over and editing them. And it's just a lot of work. And, and at some point it has to end and it's been incredibly successful. And I'd really, if it's got to end, I'd rather have it end on a high note rather than a low note because other states have not had that great fortune. So we're, we're very happy. Um, I do think it has done New Hampshire a lot of good. I can tell you it's put us on the map in a lot of places all all over the country and i think that has been important it certainly helped my agency which was one of the goals um so and it's a it's you know i don't think the guys are disappointed i think it's a lot of work for them to take the crews around so um so it's not a bad thing we're getting a lot of pressure from people everywhere we go they want us back on so who knows what's going to happen we've left the door open i said hey we're here we're not going anywhere and and we'd be interested in taking you back on. It's a ready-made machine, and, and uh, I'm not at all timid about it. We're pretty clear on how it's going to work, and it worked well for us. So as long as we can keep all of those uh, rules in place, I'd be very willing to do it again. Well, it's uh, funny because I'm, I was talking to a guy uh, who used to live in New Hampshire. He moved south, and he said, yeah. you know, I'm watching Northwood's Law. He said, boy, you know, that's <laughs> that's a little, uh, little campy, don't you think? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I mean, he said that, that Holmes guy, boy, could he put that accent on any thicker? I said, that's not an accent. Yeah. That's Matt. No, <laughs> that's the way he talks. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, no, it's, uh, it, it, you know, and that was the unique thing is these guys. And that was, you know, police officers want to hide that they're, uh, they're compassionate. They don't want people to see that. They don't want people to see them, that they have a sense of humor, that they let their hair down now and then. And these guys really opened that up they didn't put on an act anywhere everything you saw on that was yeah. real and uh, it's what the, how they function every day and it, good bad and ugly yeah. and uh, it was it was good it was a good it it, it made them more um, uh, reachable and approachable too i think peter people feel yeah. more comfortable going up to them because they're not this big you know standoff type personality they saw them. they saw them do dumb things on the show and and on occasion or funny things and uh, it really helped them a lot, I think. So yeah, it has certainly put them on the map. I got, I still get emails from Alaska, from Newfound, from Australia. It's incredible what, you know, the, the different people in different places that show reached. I just had no idea. I learned way too much about television. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, look, yeah. uh, Kevin, I know I appreciate you taking the time. You gave us a bunch of time this morning to touch base and always appreciate it. No problem, Peter. Um, and yeah. you're still going to be on the job for a while. I'm not going anywhere for a little while unless they drive me out, Peter. I'm pretty happy right here. That's so good. We'll see what happens. We like you. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Good, good to talk to you, my friend. Stay well, and we'll catch up soon. All right, Peter. Take care of yourself. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, Colonel Kevin Jordan, the head of uh, New Hampshire Fish and Game Law Enforcement. Great guy. I've known Kevin a lot of years, um, and never rode in the back of the cruiser. So <laughs> that is an accomplishment. That really is. Yeah, that says a lot about yeah. our relationship. Oh, it does. 926 is the time we'll be back. Egyptian. Walk like an Egyptian. Susan.
against those eyes. <laughs> and apparently Prince um, was watching the video and he saw her doing the walk like an Egyptian in the eyes. Fell in love with her. Really? Yep. Yep, and just thought that was she all was, it took. Huh? That's all it took. Okay. Just one look. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and she went, "Yeah, thanks. Go away. You're creepy." Um, it, <laughs> that's nice. Was that before he was the unpronounceable? Symbol? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Right. Formerly, whatever. Yeah, known yeah, as. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the the eyes when she does when she walked like an Egyptian. See, now I'm all distracted because you said just one look. That's all it took. And now all I'm, I'm not even worried about the song. I'm trying to think, what was that commercial that they pirated that for? I don't know. Doris Troy was did the song. I know. But oh, then sorry. they took the line like they do so many times. Yeah, I know. They take it and then then you can only think of the commercial. Just one look. look. Yeah, I know. That's all it took. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Sorry. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay. That's pretty much it. I know what we're doing for the yeah, next 28 minutes. Exactly. Trying to figure out what the commercial is. <laughs> Please help, Jeannie. Yes, call. yes, give me a call. It's wow. uh, those kind of things that bug me. Um, bad news. Yeah. Um, firefighters, multiple agencies battling a brush fire. White Mountain National Forest. Oh, no. Up in Shelburne. Um, it's west of the Lead Mine State Forest. It's called the Centennial Fire. Why does it even have its own Why name? It, yeah. Why are we know. naming fires? It's, it's burning near Hogan Road. Uh, if you know where that is in Shelburne, avoid it, please. Um, apparently, they were uh, called to the scene yesterday. Uh, it's in a steep, uh, mountainous terrain area, burned across part of the Appalachian Trail. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's uh, grown to a point where it's out of the jurisdiction of the U.S. Forest Service, being handled by Unified Command. Uh, no major threat to property or uh, life. But again, um, if it's um, 25 acres right now and it's burning, mm. and if you got a breeze, you know, oh, yeah. and it's tough to get there. Sure. Um, so, um, yep, it's, oh, that's sad. I know. Um, but hey, you know, okay, warmer weather, yay. Mm-hmm. Problem. Right. You know, right, right. Um, I'd like a little warmer weather, but maybe a day of rain before that, you know? Yeah, to, to kind of keep yeah. that risk down a little mm-hmm. bit. Not good. Not good. Uh, Red Sox tonight, 720, uh, first pitch. Uh, Red Sox, Atlanta Braves, two games today and tomorrow. Uh, then it will uh, shift um, to Friday. They're heading out to Texas. Uh, they've got uh, three games set with the Rangers. Uh, then they uh, come back. Um, this is so weird. Who schedules this? Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Red Sox are in Texas taking on the Rangers. Mm-hmm. They leave Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sunday, yeah, Sunday night after the game. Yep. Fly back to Fenway yep. so they can take on the Houston Astros. <laughs> yeah, that is kind okay, of funny. So yeah. No, Houston's hey, right there. Just been in yeah. your state. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, well. oh, okay. So anyway, first That'll pitch work. tonight at 7.20. You can hear all the action right here on News Talk 99.7 WNTK. AM 1490, FM 98.9 WUVR. And I know that a lot of people are worried about Tom Brady. Uh, what's he going to do when when he's not playing football anymore? You know, I know. You want to know if we have to start a GoFundMe page for Tom? Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, yes. Well, apparently... News came out. He's going to join Fox Sports as the lead analyst for the premier game of the NFL weekend. Going to be broadcasting alongside Kevin Burkhart. And apparently uh, Burkhart and Brady are going to be the replacement for Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, who bolted uh, to ESPN. Wow. Fox has got to be very happy. Yep. 
Yep. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that'll be a big pull. Uh, the uh, Fox Corporation CEO made the announcement on a Fox earnings call today mm-hmm. and said, yep, that's a long-term commitment. So. Wow. Well, there we go. So Giselle doesn't have to work anymore. Phew. Yeah, at least Tom's got work somewhere. He'll be productive. Yep, yep. <laughs> we Tom, don't said, have to Tom said, I'm excited, but I still have a lot of unfinished business on the field with the Buccaneers. Uh-huh. Yep. So. Okay. Yep. Wow. Um, Very interesting. Um, well, Drew Brees joined NBC as an analyst before he retired. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the it's way Tom. it goes. Yeah. He's the GOAT. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, I would expect him to do something like that. He's got a face for TV. Yes. Pretty boy. Yes. You know? Yes. So, they will have tons of people tuning in that have no interest in sports. No, it's Tom. Just, uh, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, so yes, Tom will be doing Fox. Sports game of the weekend. Beautiful. Beautiful. Can't imagine what they pay him for that. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Again, we probably don't have to do the GoFundMe page. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 936. We'll take a break. Back with more right after this. Well, it's been a long time. Glad to see your face. I knew we'd meet again another time, another place. Can't believe it's been so many years. You better grab a chair and a couple of beers. Looking good in your three-piece suit. You know I always knew you'd take the business route. You were always the one to follow the light. And you look like you're doing all right, yeah. Been singing for my rent, singing for my supper. I'm above the below and below the upper. I'm stuck in the middle where money gets tight. But I guess I'm doing all right. Now here's Jeannie. <laughs> what? No, 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 you snorted. No, 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 no. I heard a snort. <laughs> you hear a lot more snorts. Oh. That is not the way oh. it's done. Oh, I'm sorry. You have to the say family? all your snorts. <laughs> Jody Messina. Oh, okay. Fine. Jody Messina. Yeah, okay. Fine. And do you know why Jody what? Messina is all right? Why? Because she what? is not walking down a sidewalk in New York City. Now. Okay. All right. All right. She's from Think Western about Mass, this. but okay. All right, but right now she's probably not on a sidewalk in okay. New York City, so she's all right. Okay, yay. There's a point. You go, girl. All right. <laughs> Try to stay with me. All right, so the pandemic changed a lot of things. I mean, the ramifications of things, obviously. Good word. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I've been working on it. I like that. Looked it up last night, practiced a bunch of times. Nice. In New York City, one of the things that happened was... <laughs> People moved, obviously, to eating outside. The restaurants couldn't serve inside, so there were a lot more outside establishments. Makes sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, as that's happening, some of the food, of course, is falling onto the sidewalks. Uh-oh. Providing a smorgasbord yep. of scraps for rats. Ugh. The city's rats. As diners shunned the indoors for outdoor dining, so did the city's rats. Now, city data suggests that sightings are more frequent than they've been in a decade. Because already, you're kind of thinking, if you're picturing rats on sidewalks and in gutters and what, you're kind of picturing that in New York City. It's already an established problem. Well, that has increased quite a bit. In the first four months of 2022, the number of sightings was the highest recorded since at least 2010, which was the first year online records were available. 
So obviously, you know, pre-pandemic routines are kind of returning. People are going back to eh, a little bit of normal. Um, but it's also business as usual for the rats. They're just continuing. They've got an even better life now and they're going on and on. Well, rats have been a long-standing problem in New York City. Um, every generation of leaders has tried to find... Two-legged and four-legged. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, of all various types. Yeah, yeah. The four-legged type, uh, people have been trying to find ways to eradicate the problem and, and you know, cut down on those kinds of things. Um <laughs> Mayor Eric Adams, when he was the borough president of Brooklyn, annoyed animal rights activists and upset the stomachs of several journalists and people who were following the stories by demonstrating a trap that used a bucket filled with a vinegary toxic soup to drown rats. I'm okay with Lured that. by the What's scent the of food. I think seeing the bucket of drowned rats is great. Oh, there's the okay. term, a drowned rat. Whatever. You're fine with that. All right, let's go on. They spread disease and vermin. I mean, gross. Yeah. And then another, so Mayor Bill de Blasio um, spent tens of millions of dollars just trying to do more frequent trash pickup, you know, to kind of pre- prevent the yeah, problem yeah. that way. <laughs> the city launched a program to use dry ice to suffocate rats in their burrows. <laughs> Demonstrated the uh, technique for reporters. Um, <laughs> wow. where workers were chasing and not catching. Oh, rats. that's what they want to right. do. <laughs> yes, you exactly. ain't paying me enough to chase a rat. Oh, and now their their latest effort is just padlocking the curbside trash bins to kind of keep down on the. But the rats are already here. But I know. I, I'm not sure. The prevention is a little too late. Just like what were you saying earlier, or somebody was saying earlier. You're already out in the rain and you're getting wet and you're looking for an umbrella. It's too late. Do the do, do the one Peter likes the bucket of drowning the, like, the toxic soup I remember that they can drown in. I went to a restaurant in Manchester. Yeah, years ago. Yep. Okay, I mean years ago. Okay, and uh, hadn't been there before. Mm-hmm. I went. Okay, well, mm-hmm. let's stop in. Sure. And uh, it had a uh, uh, walked in and it had a window looking out the back. Yeah. There was the dumpster. Oh, no, 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 no. And as I'm standing there <laughs> looking at the menu, I look outside. Mm-hmm. There is a rat mm. the size of a boxer. <laughs> okay? Yes. And I'm looking at this going, okay, oh. not eating here. All done. Yeah. This thing was oh. a beast. Right. Yep. I'm like, what the hell are you feeding it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whoa. I, I know they're there. Right. I don't want to see them. No. Okay. Nope. nope. And we don't see them in the numbers that they're probably seeing oh, in New York City. Unbelievable. So. <laughs> Ooh. Nope, never went back to that restaurant. Yeah, said, yeah. Really all set. Thank you. Yep. 946. But you come back after the commercial break. We'll be back. John Bon Jovi. Who says you can't go home again? It's, it's a catchy little thing. It is. Yeah. yeah. Good sound. I don't know if I would have matched up Jen Nettles 
um, and John Bon Jovi. Yeah. But it worked. It did. Yeah. It was kind of cool. Yeah. 9.52 is the time. U.S. Marshals, pleased to announce the arrest of the Fugitive of the Week. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, Matthew Stevenson, 41 years of age, wanted arrest warrants issued by Manchester and Portsmouth PD. Uh, strong arm robbery. Um, seven counts of assault, criminal trespass, breach of bail. Mm. Uh, he was featured uh, April 27th wow. here. And apparently the phones um, were ringing. And then it was updated on May 3rd, and they added the $500 reward. Yes, yes. Okay. It's unknown whether or not somebody's going to get mm-hmm. uh, any of that. But okay. um, since the original feature, um, it was pointing to the Rochester and Shapley, Maine area. And yesterday afternoon, U.S. Marshals went to Shapley, Maine, based on new tips. After a short period of surveillance, Mr. Stevenson was seen at a camper on <laughs> Hubbard's Cove Road. Uh, U.S. Marshals requested the assistance, York County Sheriff's Office, Maine State Police. They responded and assisted in the arrest of Stevenson. He was turned over to uh, York County Sheriff, fugitive from justice, and he'll be held without bail and eventually returned to New Hampshire. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, good. I mean, congratulations on a great capture. Yeah. Nice job. It does that's work. It does. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking is it, it just puts that many more eyes and ears out there um, for folks to, to kind of partner with law enforcement and uh, and do the best thing for the person that they're looking for as well. Well, and give the, them that opportunity to turn things around. That uh, very weird story about the uh, jailer oh, and, and uh, yes. her a special relationship prisoner. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, they were on the run, and it's like, this isn't going to end well. No. You know? And, and clearly it didn't. She, um, she's dead now. Yeah. Uh, but what was she, exactly. Yeah, yeah. What was she thinking the outcome was going to be? I mean, how are you entertaining these thoughts and thinking, oh, you know what? I'm going to, we're going to escape. I'm going to aid and abet. And I'm sure that we've thought ahead of all these other things. She sold her and house. And we'll get away with it. Yeah, I, I, I just, how are you turning your life that upside down? We're moving thinking, to Belize in yeah, Central America. There's yeah. no extradition. You know, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it did not turn out the way I think she anticipated. No, she, uh, there was a high-speed chase. Um, and apparently at the end of the chase, she... Um, turned the gun on herself mm-hmm. um, and died in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah it's just, uh, you know, yeah. Tragic all the way around. Yeah, it's just, it's just not, I don't yeah. see where you think this is going to be a happy ending. Uh, right. It's going to be a Hallmark mo- uh, movie. You and know? it's one of those things that one bad choice propels another bad choice and just the choices get yep. deeper and deeper and, and the consequences are higher. Yep. So yeah. Now here, here's a a, here's thing. a bad choice, but it's not tragic. Okay. All right. Twenty nine year old Florida man made a series of nine one one calls to inform police dispatchers that President Joe Biden should be in jail, while convicted drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzman should be freed from custody. <laughs> he wants to do a little swap yeah, there. Yeah. 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 In okay. response to that legal uh-huh. advice, yeah. offered in three separate pre dawn calls. Oh, that was nice. He was arrested for misuse of the nine one one system. <laughs> Yeah, they're thinking that it's not an emergency. We already know this. Dialing from an apartment in Palm Harbor, a Tampa suburb, mm-hmm. he was in- initially informed information he was providing was not of a non-emergency <laughs> situation, warned not to use it again. 
Nevertheless, he persisted. Hmm. Deputies arrived at his residence. He was online with 911. The call oh, was God. cut short. <laughs> I got to go. The cops uh, are here. Yeah, he, uh, oh, gosh. Uh, released on $150 bond. Mm. Arrest reports, note. Wait for it. If you tell me there no drug or alcohol. Go, okay, go ahead. Indication of alcoholic influence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Few. Yeah. Because. Yeah. 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 That's I just, uh, would wow. have so many other concerns if not. Yep. So it's like seriously, yeah, dude. Again, yeah, not not really good choices there. What do you think? Of- <laughs> I like how persistent he was. He's been told by the nine one one operators, "Do not. This is not an appropriate use of nine one one. Do not call again." He calls over and over again, and they come while he's on the phone with nine one one. I've had. Did you? Did you butt dial? Have I mistakenly uh, hit yeah. a number on my phone? Yes. But 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 by but but dialing, you just it's in your but back I, pocket. I, I'm, I'm aware of what it means. Yes. No, there's uh, that you're not thinking about. Misdialing is you're actually misdialing the the one in your pants. <sighs> okay, well my phone is usually in my purse, but yes, have okay. I accidentally had it bump something? In? No. Have you? A friend of, have, mine did, friend of mine did. No way. Yeah. It's like, how do you butt dial 911? Yeah. Well, there are buttons that <laughs> oh, are set okay. up on your okay. phone to, to go directly there. So, yeah, I can see how that um, could happen. My, my sister, when she was a little girl, she did call 911. And I can't remember what she said. There was obviously no emergency. <laughs> the woman told her, she said, you are a very naughty little girl. And, and just kind of scolded her on the phone. Did it work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. As far as I know, she stopped her prank calls then. Wow. Yep. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Uh, Las Vegas um, being flooded with lore about organized crime. After a second set of human remains emerged within a week from the depths of the Colorado River, because the water level is so low, they're finding... Bodies? Tra- oh. They're finding trash cans, 50-gallon <laughs> drums with bodies stuffed with bodies in them. bodies in yep. them. Yep. 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 And as uh, a guy... Um, Former Las Vegas mayor, Oscar Goodman, he said, hey, no telling what you find in Lake Mead. Not a bad place to dump a body. (laughs) You can't say something that casual. And why are they all on the same strategy? Like they're all putting them in barrels. Yeah. Uh, Like, is there a manual? The uh, former former mayor, as was a lawyer, represented mob figures, including the ill-fated Anthony (laughs) Tony the Ant Spilatro before serving... Three terms as the martini-toting mayor of Vegas. Yeah. I have so... You can't save that story for last. I have so much more to say. We have less than a minute oh, to go. I'm sorry. That's painful. So, uh, yeah, they're they're laughing it up. Um, <laughs> they're like, yeah, well, that's the way it goes. Ha, ha, ha. Yep. Wow. Yep. Apparently, uh, Saturday, this past Saturday, two sisters were paddleboarding on the lake. <laughs> and they saw a sandbar that had just come up. And, oh, oh they see a skeleton. It's a bighorn sheep. No, no, that's human teeth. Yep, the bones are human. How uh, are you mistaking a human I skeleton for bighorn sheep? You, we have so much more to say. You are killing me. Come back tomorrow. All right, I will. All right. <laughs> 10 o'clock. Have a great day, kids. See you back here tomorrow morning. <laughs>